Is Kayshawn Booty the biggest enigma in the 2023 NFL Draft? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. She is Kate Majuk. Check her out on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Kate, we've got one of the most polarizing players in the NFL on tap today. Talking a little bit about LSU wide receiver Kayshawn Booty. Uh, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited uh, to talk about this this kid who just had the most fabulous breakout as a true freshman. Um, just was so dominant. And I, I think the reason he's so polarizing, obviously, is because of the disappointing nature of the end of his career. But Man, Marcus, you couldn't have asked for a better start from Kayshawn Booty. He was he was playing alongside uh, some really competitive wide receivers and yet still managed in 10 games, 45 receptions, 70, 735 receiving yards, five touchdowns at LSU at the age of 18. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, and this is why he's such a tough player to figure out, I put on the Florida State game. Uh, from from this year, from 2022, one of the worst wide receiver performances I've seen from a wide receiver prospect in a long time. Like jogging on routes, dropped I think at least three passes in the game, just completely shut out. And it's like, what are we doing here, Kate? So let's uh, let's talk about the player before we get into his value and comparisons and where he might land. But what did you see from Booty when watching his tape? So interesting. Uh, he, he is very interesting. He, there's a lot of inconsistency when you watch his tape. Because if you're watching uh, from his freshman season into his 2021 tape uh, prior to the time he had a season-ending ankle injury, you're impressed. If that's the only tape you're watching, you're walking away thinking he could be wide receiver one in this class. But the issue is all of the stuff that came after that. Um a weird end to his season, but like, let's just talk about the prospect first. I do think it's worthwhile giving a little bit of context because there was some back and forth between he declared, he undeclared, like it yep. was, it was a weird sort of end to the year that I do think is going to give him some questions that he needs to answer probably at the NFL combine. Um, but let's talk about him on the field first, and then we can get into some of those things that might be, uh, you know, maybe personality traits, uh, characteristics off the field that could impact his his play here. Six foot, 205 pounds. So one of the bigger wide receivers in this class. Five-star recruit in the mm-hmm. 2020 draft class. He was a top 25 recruit at any position in the 2020 uh, draft class. Like this, uh, or in the 2022 um, college football class, he did miss the second half of 2021 with an ankle injury, but it was a bad one. It was gnarly, like required yep. multiple yep. surgeries after that point. Um, and 
in his limited playing time in 2021, we saw all of the shades, I would argue, of the same wide receiver we saw as a true freshman. Um, had that ultimate breakout, but in just six games, Marcus, 508 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. Like, yep. this kid looked like an absolute monster at the age of 19. And I can only imagine what would have happened if he had been uh, able to complete that full 2021 season, because we might've been looking at, you know, an award-winning wide receiver if it weren't for that devastating injury. Uh, And Kate, look at his final three games from the 2020 season, eight catches for 111 yards against Alabama, five catches for 108 yards and a touchdown uh, against Florida against Mississippi, 14 catches for 308 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, like just absolutely dominating first game against UCLA in 2021, nine catches for 148 yards and three touchdowns, like off to an incredible start on the field. Like in terms of comp and play style, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Debo Samuel and somebody who can play outside can play in the slot. Once he has the ball in his hands, He's dynamic. Like he is really, really good. Uh, he's got good long speed. Expected to run at least before the injury, like in the low, low, low four fours. This is a complete receiver. But how much do you value what we've seen from him in 2022, which is basically nothing? Um, how do you value him after the injury, after some of the off the field stuff? I don't know. What I do know is. When he is right and when he's on the field, he's extremely talented. Extremely talented uh, is the thing. I, I think the the starting point for me, Marcus, comes to looking at his performance prior to injury. I feel like there's kind of like the tales of it's a tale of two booties, right? Like um, nice. that's going to be my new catchphrase, <laughs> uh, TM. Um, but like looking at his 2021 performance, you know. I think that's the starting point looking at his 2020 performance as a true freshman, that is the starting point. And then the, the year after injury, that's additional context that you cannot ignore, but in terms of player evaluation and skill, I don't really think you're evaluating skill when you're looking at his 22 season. I think you're evaluating um, more of that psychological kind of game. Um, And that, that deal, right? Because but, let me let me ask you this: if he, if there was no injury and he just stopped playing football after twenty twenty one, just sat out this last season, are we talking about him as a locked first round pick? I think so. Yeah, I, I like, would agree. No, no questions asked for me. Um, it like so before the injury. Let's talk about uh, him as a prospect, um, ranked third in passer rating when targeted in the twenty twenty one season. Um, just was so fabulous. I love his hands. Um, can just snatch a ball out of midair and he's fluid. Like he can snatch the ball out of midair. He can keep rolling. He's great after the catch because of that speed that you mentioned. Um, If we were just evaluating and stopped that evaluation dead in its tracks, I, I think he'd be easily wide receiver one for me in this class that doesn't have a, a big standout. There's just not a lot of things that I don't think, Kayshawn Booty doesn't do correctly, right? Like, it's just whether he's mentally in the game or not. Because I'm telling you, when yes. I watched that Florida State game, and he was 
he was running the wrong routes and jogging and just dropping passes. It was all mental, right? Because physically there's nothing he can't do on a football field. Like he, he can be a wide receiver one on a very, very good offense. It's just, does he want to be? He's got the size speed. Um, I, I think, you know, decent blocker down the field. Like he's got every single, I think physical tool, that he would need to be an elite wide receiver at the next level. But again, the questions are mentally, can he do it? Um, or does he want to do it? Like, cause physical tools and the mental aspect of the game, you can try to, um, you know, X what's the opposite of intertwined exertwined. Sure. Um, you can try to try to separate those two, but um, they're, they're so intrinsically together. He's, you know, he's clean. He's just a good, very good and talented just, wide receiver. Man, it's just, it's tough to figure out what to do with him because we know he's a good receiver, but that didn't always show on the field for the last two years. So let's talk about some potential landing spots for him, Kate, because I do think landing spot and his fit is going to be super important. Um, Let's get to that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on Everything and anything from money line to point scores and three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't mess your chance with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Kate, let's talk landing spots here. So it doesn't seem like Keishan Booty is going to end up in the first round. I know a lot of people are projecting him as a second round and maybe third round pick. Um, that's probably where his value is going to be at. Uh, where would you like to see him land to maximize his value? I think what you really need out of a wide receiver with concerns off the field is uh, a team with an established head coach, um, you know, a, a somebody that can go into a system and not necessarily like he can attach himself to a leader. Um, somebody that's not going to put up with the BS, um, not going to put up with the lazy route running, not going to be put up, putting up with jogging off the field. Um, now I hate sending any receiver here, but I, I feel like when I'm talking about those traits, what about the Patriots at number 47? Feels like a very New England pick, right? Like you're gambling on upside um, and you're hoping that the New England Patriots culture will try to, uh, you know, work its magic. I like that one. I, I got another one I like better. A couple of picks later. How about a pick 50 or pick 49? How about your Pittsburgh Steelers? The Steelers have had a lot of success with some of these receivers. Listen, I don't think George Pickens is all that different, right? Pickens had a major ACL injury Uh was it a sophomore year? His junior season was okay. It, then he got hurt again, only played a couple games, had some of these off the field questions where you just wonder about the maturity. 
What about Keishon Booty to Pittsburgh if they decide to move on from like Deontay Johnson after this year? I'll say as a, a as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I would be thrilled with that pick, um, especially knowing that you know the Steelers did get that uh, technically number one or number thirty two pick. Uh, out of the Chicago Bears, that gives them a little bit more flexibility. We know that I, they probably wouldn't even need to use that number thirty-two pick. They could use no. their second round pick. They can definitely. I think they'll definitely be able to use their their second uh, their second pick. And if there's any sort of question, um, like they they've got a lot of flexibility in this draft. Um, and I think that moving on from Chase Claypool, if you told me uh, even that you had swapped these one for one. I'd say that feels, you know, pretty decent. Like they, they kind of took a gamble on Chase Claypool, hoping that the athlete um, in the, you know, the talent and size speed combination would work out. It didn't, um, you know, we saw the flashes, but my question would be, um, you know, like how does he fit in with the Pittsburgh culture? I think perfectly because we know what Mike Tomlin uh, it did and the structure he provided for a guy like Antonio Brown yep. um, totally masked any off the field issues for a really long time. And you know what? I think his game is somewhat similar to Juju Smith-Schuster where you can play him in the outside. You can play him in a slot. He's got a little bit of a bigger body. I think that would make a lot of sense. I've got one more that I want to throw out to you that I think, listen, if he lands here, I'm all in. What about, landing with the Cincinnati Bengals, going, joining Joe Burrow, former LSU guy, Jamar Chase, former LSU guy. And I think it also makes sense, right? Like you draft him late second round at pick 60, 61. Tyler Boyd is a free agent after the year, and it's pretty clear that he's declining. T. Higgins is a free agent after the year. I think they'll bring him back. But the, the identity of this Bengals team is we have three receivers on the field at all times that can, that can make plays. You put him in this offense and you let him kind of sit for a year, get healthy, and now in 2024 is when he starts becoming the slot receiver. Sign me up. Yeah, I I would love to see Kayshawn Booty back on the field with Joe Burrow. Um, kind of going back to to where the magic started a little bit and reviving a nice LSU connection. Um, I think it's a really interesting fit. Uh, there, you know, there might be some people that, you know, just given that looming situation with, um, you know, with T Higgins, et cetera, you might say like, do we really need to invest in the receiver position? But I mean, this is, this is the time, right? If you're about to pay your quarterback, a monster contract, you're about to pay, you know, two wide receivers, you're going to need a third wide receiver on that rookie contract. And I think with a player like Keishon Booty, the sky could be the limit. And then you're, and you're not asking him to be a number one receiver, right? You're asking exactly. him to be a slot receiver, which he's done before in an offense that already has a bona fide number one and number two receiver. So if you're talking about like the best fit for him, I think it's in Cincinnati. It's probably not his best dynasty fit though, just because he would be blocked by so many other players. Yeah, he he wouldn't have the upside for Dynasty just with that competition of targets. But uh, for his development as a player, you couldn't ask for a better a better fit. Is there a spot that you think that would be the best for him for Dynasty purposes? Would it be like the Cowboys down at the bottom of the second round, having him be the number two receiver to CeeDee Lamb? Is it 
Is it Chicago? What do you think? I, I don't want to see him go into Chicago, uh, especially like, – I don't think turbulence is what this young man needs um, in order to uh, you know, fully develop. Here's my pick, Marcus. I don't know if you're going to like it. Um, I, I guess we'll see if you do. What about the Kansas City Chiefs? Like, this feels like the type of player they would gamble on, right? It feels they already they took the gamble on on Kadarius Tony. It's I mean it's worked out uh, to the to the effect of you know whenever he is on the field, it's it's working out right. But these guys that you have kind of questions like they they're weird. Their situations are weird. You're you're kind of constantly looking up at, at these guys that like, what is up with these players? But the chiefs uh, sit at 32. Um, if they were to trade back out of the first round um, or trade up from number 64, that's the issue with the the chiefs is kind of, they're in that awkward spot yeah. of like yeah. 32 is a bit too early. Um, but you know, the, the 64 range might be a bit too late. I wouldn't be surprised though if he gets picked within five picks of that spot at 64. Like that, to me personally, that's where I think teams are going to be willing to take a risk on him. But I, I think that that could be the opportunity, right? The the Kansas City Chiefs go like he's going to be highly motivated to play with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be highly motivated to play for an accomplished head coach like Andy Reid. Um, I think tapping into some of that motivation flaunting that championship ring um that's that's going to be motivational to him but i also think that that system is going to be beneficial and you know like we always talk about the impending decline of travis kelsey like when are we going to start to see that show yep you get a, a guy like booty in this system um have him learn the ropes have him you know, I, I think he could be a number one wide receiver for this offense. And I think they have the flexibility to do it. Let's talk about his dynasty value where he's being ranked among the other rookie receivers when we get back. All right, Kate, currently on Dynasty League football, he is being ranked as wide receiver six behind Zay Flowers and Josh, Do- uh, Josh Downs, but ahead of Jalen Hyatt and Rashi Rice, who we're actually going to talk about tomorrow. Uh, I got to be honest, this feels high, right? If if the NFL is telling you, like you look at like Dane Brugler, Lynn Zierlein, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, none of these guys are ranking him inside their top 50 players. I got to believe that he's more likely to be a late second, early third round pick. And if that's the case, I don't know if I can have him ranked inside my top six dynasty receivers. Um, I, I think that's fair, uh, but I'm going to counter your skepticism here. Cause I do think that, uh, you know, I would take him over, uh, players like Josh Downs and Zay Flowers, though there may be, uh, some more draft capital behind these two players, though there are fewer question marks in terms of like character, right? Like we know these smaller wide receivers have a just a lower overall hit rate than these, uh, you know, a, a six foot two Oh five guy like Kayshawn booty. Um, I'm going to gamble on the, the talent and what we saw in his first two seasons at LSU prior to this devastating injury prior to 
it just a, a disappointing situation prior to um, an overall lack of effort. Um, Cause we have seen this guy compete. Like we know he has it in him. He hasn't always been this lazy. He hasn't always been jogging down the field. Like yep. he yep. played his ass off prior to this injury and it showed, it showed in everything he did on the field. So we know that guy is still there. I don't know what he was going through in his final season at LSU, but it doesn't seem to ring as the same player that we saw in the first two seasons. So I'm going to take a gamble on that player in the first two seasons and say, like, I'll, I'll take him here at, at wide receiver four um, mm. over Josh Downs, Zay Flowers, knowing that you're, you're gambling. But again, you're gambling on any of these guys that are 5'10", 180. Um, and, and it just feels it's a lot of risk for me because I think we were actually talking about this on Twitter last night, but I think the medicals and the, just the combine in general are going to be so big for booty, right? Like how does his legs look after the surgery? How does he do with the teams in the, in the meetings? And if he struggles with those two things, it won't shock me at all. Kate, if we're talking about a day three receiver and we just know the history of some of these day three receivers, like it's really hard to find value. So even if you're a late third round pick, so but conversely, he can he has the opportunity here to really boost his draft stock at the NFL if he comes in prepared for those team interviews. Um, like there's there's gonna be a lot of questions, right? So Booty, he had uh no like he had announced that he would be returning to LSU, then uh didn't play in the Citrus Bowl, like for what what was the phrasing? He was unavailable. It was very weird. Sure. Um and then all of a sudden after that, he decides to declare. It was like this very weird series of events. We never got clarification on what had happened at the end of his LSU career. He's 100% going to have to answer questions about yeah. that and what happened. How did you how did you go from returning to declaring? Why were you unavailable? Like, And I do think that his answers and those his ability to answer those questions at the NFL draft are going to check off some of those boxes or conversely it won't. Um, but I think he's got a chance at redemption because you know, if he answers these questions with maturity, like what was going on when you were running X, Y, Z route and you were at a, a nice, uh, you know, six mile per hour jog, um, while your teammates are hitting, you know, 18 plus, yep. like if he answers those questions with maturity, that could change everything he really is one of the most interesting players in the 2023 draft. It's going to be fascinating to see what he does at the combine, what he doesn't do at the combine. Like, does he skip out on drills? Does he not run? If he doesn't run pretty good indication that maybe he's still not fully healthy, which would scare me to death, but we shall see next week. I think next Friday is when the wide receivers run. So what's really crazy, Marcus, like let's talk about, we, I, I mentioned his early breakout age he is not even 21 years old yet. He's not going to be able to legally drink, have a drink at the NFL combine. He's the youngest receiver in the class. He is so young. He, and like, I mean, that kind of maybe speaks to some of the maturity issues, right? Like Absolutely. we have to remember we're dealing with a, a really young kid, but again, if he can show some of that maturity, knowing that this is a 20 year old kid, we could be we'll in an interesting spot. 
All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Magic. Also check out her work at the Gaming Society. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll be back right here tomorrow talking about a certain receiver from SMU that I'm pretty excited about. See you guys then.